Hey, Eric, hey, what, what was Peter's name originally before Jesus changed it? Uh, Simon. Correct. Do you know mm-hmm. who his father was? He was Simon, son of? Uh, well, Jonah or John, kind of depends. Correct. Again, the name Jonah and the name John are essentially the same. So he was John's son. By our language today, that would translate to Johnson. So mm-hmm. his name was Simon Johnson. Final question. What did Peter stand for? Well, today it stands for something different, I think. But back then it was uh, rock or something like that. Simon, the rock, Johnson. doesn't matter what Peter stands for. Hey everyone, welcome to Unlearning Youth Group, we're the podcast where we take a look at all the things we learned back in youth group, find the good, unlearn the bad, and figure out where the heck we go from there. If we haven't met, my name is Jonathan Crow, and we're joined as always by our co-host, Mr. Eric Williams. Eric, go ahead and say hey to the people. What is up? That was a very like subdued hey to the people for the first time we've talked to them in two months. Yeah. Well, it's been a while, you know, so I want to make sure I ease everybody into it. So that way they're not just, you know, overwhelmed. We got to get back in the, in the swing of things, you know, we're talking about weed. There's no Uh easing into this. No, man, we're just going to be chill. (laughs) All right. Well, we've got two things for you today. We wanted to get something to you in between episodes. And if you're listening to this, as it comes out, we're releasing this on 420 because Mm -hmm. I am a child. Every guy is a middle schooler at heart, and I thought it would be fun to release that today. So in today's episode, we have two things we're talking about. The first is uh, in season six, we did an episode where we talked about Christians drinking alcohol. And surprisingly, one of the biggest questions we got after the episode was about Christians and cannabis or marijuana. So we're going to give an overview on some thoughts about that. And why was that funny? Well, I think about it. It's every, it, it, it's like, it's no different than youth group. It's like, all right, you get up there and you're like, all right, no sex before sex marriage. Is bad. Well, how far it's can like, I go? Uh, what about butt stuff? And you're like, whoa, what, what, <laughs> what if I just touch it? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What if I look at it? Like, oh, <laughs> what? Like how far Soaking. is too far? What about that? You know, uh, anyway, that always, <laughs> do we bring our Mormon friends and soaking up right here or do yeah, we, do so, we yeah. just. Right? Is the soaking work? How about earthquaking, huh? I mean, if you got bunk beds, can you make it work? <laughs> if you don't know that reference, just search Pat McAfee and uh, soaking, and that'll give you a really don't. great example. Or uh, don't. Please do. Please do. So that's going to be the first half of the episode. The second half of the episode is a giant announcement about the future of the show. If you're just here for the announcement, uh, check the description in the podcast description or on YouTube. And we'll put the timestamp for when that starts so you can fast forward to that. But for the main topic for today, Eric, mm. should Christians use cannabis or CBD, THC type of products? Oh, man. Well, like, isn't it like created, like God created everything and said it was good, man. So like if he created the weed, man, who are we to disagree with the creator of the universe, man? 
my brother's Facebook profile when he was in high school had that verse from Genesis that God created every plant and everything because mm -hmm. he was a giant pothead. There you go. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I think it's, uh, this is, this goes into the realm of like, it depends, which most things do, but I also think that it's, it's definitely one of those that's like extremely contextual and there's no real biblical, you know, there's no specific biblical mandate for it. So no matter what, uh, it's probably, it's more nuanced and less serious than what a lot of Christians, I think, uh, want to make it out to be in either black and white one way or the other. I remember a few years ago, the gospel coalition put out an article about marijuana and they were totally against it. And they had all these reasons for it. And I mean, it made sense at the time, but as I have heard other perspectives and thought about this more, I don't think it's as black and white as we used to say that it was again, we get more information the the truth doesn't change, but how we interpret the data makes us look at the truth in a different way sometimes. And I'll be completely honest. I, I mentioned my brother was a big pothead. I've never touched anything hemp related or cannabis related. Like the hardest product I have used in this realm is a CBD version of icy hot. Mm, that, okay. That's as far as I have ventured into this type of thing. Like I mentioned the alcohol episode. I think the hardest thing I've ever drank is too much Dr. Pepper in one day. Yeah. But I, I, it's just, it's not my, per I know my personality. And if I open the door to using any type of mind altering substance, that's a bad idea for me. So, yes. So CBD is, I mean, that's literally, it is the Dr. Pepper of drugs. Yes. <laughs> that's why I was okay doing it. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So I, I am a little naive on some of this. Mm. I've had to do my own, I hate the phrase do my own research, but I have had to research this myself. Oh, uh, did um, you get some samples, man? Did you test it out yourself? I didn't. No? But, yeah. But here, here's what I know. Here's I'll, I'll say this on the front end. I know there are long-term issues to regular use of marijuana, especially if you smoke it. And there's been more studies on that. More, like The long-term effects, there are some there. However, this is a big-picture thing theoretical question of is it sinful for a christian to use marijuana not is it wise totally different conversation we've had we've had this conversation on here a lot is it wise is it right this episode is, is mainly about is it sinful what is, it? is it sinful is it stupid is it simple, is it? Stu simple stupid or acceptable self-control that's there what we know. did in the alcohol episode so i think that's kind of the framework that's our favorite for this. game show for me though it comes down to two big issues and mm -hmm. you tell me what you think of these. Okay. Number one, the first issue, is it legal where you live? There we go. Because if it's not legal, I think the answer is simple. I agree. No, you cannot use those products. Breaking mm -hmm. the law of the land would be a sin, even if you disagree with it. I, it's, it's no different than a 20-year-old drinking alcohol in the United States is sinful. But if they go to Canada and they only have one, it's no longer simple because the drinking age in Canada is 19. Mm -hmm. So Romans 13 plainly states that everyone must submit to the governing authorities. So I think the first place we start is if it's illegal in your state, it is sinful for you to partake. Ooh. Yep. That I agree with that. Yeah. And I think this is in most, you know, kind of similar to most of the things that 
that we talk about where it's uh it's not the it's not the thing that's sinful it's kind of what the context of how you use it where you use it and what it does to you because i mean that's the next question is beyond is it legal if we go back to the typical pothead excuse well well god made it man it's just a plant okay yeah yes correct what are the laws of the land and what are the effects of it so i i think that if it's if it's not legal in your state then it's sinful for you for you to use it so i think that's the first place for us to start yeah i mean cuz think about the other side of it is like god create and god create every atom man yeah so is it so then it, he's he's perfectly fine with us taking those atoms splitting them and using them in a uh uh you know a weapon against people and eradicating entire cities so that's cool cuz god made it it's like no you wouldn't say the same thing for that you know god made me man so whatever i do god approves of because he made it and said it was good like no you wouldn't that that logic doesn't care that's that's stoner log logic <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things that go into stoner logic mm -hmm. all right you can find that anywhere else on the internet today we won't get into stoner logic because yeah, yeah. we don't want to take too much of your time but this, the second question and this is the harder question i think to answer is it possible to use that product or that thing and still be sober minded? Mm. Because that's what the Bible talks about is being sober minded. This is where my naiveness gets in the way because I have to say, I don't know enough. I know you can drink a beer and still be sober minded or have a mixed drink and still be sober minded, but I don't know where that line is with cannabis or THC. Sure. In, in our culture, we have defined drunkenness as past 0 0.08 blood alcohol level. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we have that standard with THC right now, nor do we have a way to test for it other than taking blood samples. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's the same thing. Like uh, if you are employed somewhere and they have a drug policy, it's still sinful. You know what I mean? Like it's sinful yes. to be under the influence of that thing against their policy. You should just like Eric that. in your, in the episode, we talked about you worked for a church that mm -hmm. you had to sign a document that said you wouldn't drink alcohol. So it would have been yep. sinful for you in that situation to drink alcohol. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that, that is, uh, I think this also opens up, you know, and I, I hate to be the, uh, the, like the, the slippery slope or the like, Oh, there's so many things and it's all context guy, but essentially like, uh, I'm, I'm on coffee number probably three or four today. Um, can I be sober minded on a mind altering substance like caffeine? You know, it's like, well, yes and no, right. Does it still alter your mind and your mental state to what degree is it the same as THC? Is it the same as, you know, other barbiturates or other, you know, amphetamines, anything else like that? It's like, uh, I also take amphetamines for a medically diagnosed issue. Does that mean that my mind is altered in a different sense? You know, same for any of you that take medication that alters the way that your brain chemicals work. It could, the argument could be made that it does it in the same way as, or I mean, it's parallel to alcohol or illegal drugs. So the question I ask in this case though, is, is there a difference in a legal gummy that takes the edge off and a beer at the end of the day? 
Yeah, I mean, here where where I live in New Mexico, it's it's recreational uses legal. So you know, and I mean, um, I'm not sure. It, I can't imagine it's legal in where you're at. It is not. Okay, yeah. So like the the thing that you see everywhere are these dispensaries and these cannabis places. Like they've all popped up. You go in New Mexico. You go in Colorado. For any of you who are you know are in the Midwest or I mean the Southwest here, you you know what I'm talking about. And so it's like, yeah, they're all over the place because it's now a legal thing. It's it's as it's as common as a liquor store, probably more so because mm-hmm. I imagine the licenses are probably easier to get and just as regulated, probably. Mm-hmm. So, so from from a spiritual standpoint, a biblical standpoint, if we believe that a drink is not sinful, I don't know that I could say one small product is sinful. Mm. Again, okay. I don't know enough in the different types of products. Like, is a gummy okay, but smoking isn't? Is this okay? But I, I don't know that. That that's where I don't have enough of an education in that realm of science. Really, like I don't, yeah. I don't understand the ins and outs of that. Well, but I would come back to the same thing. I would come back to is like at least. Uh, whether or not for some of these things that are unknowable, because I think this goes into the category of like, we will not know the answer to this, this size, this side of heaven. And in some of those cases where we will not know the answer to this, like I'm still of the mindset that you get up to the old pearly gates and whatever you believe happens when, when you die. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like that South park episode where it's like somebody gathering everybody together and like, Oh, the answer was the Mormons, the Mormons had it right. (laughs) Oh man. Oh dang it. Shoot. We got it wrong. You know, it's like, uh, the answer on THC was uh, sin. See you guys. Beep. Go to hell. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, you know, because I don't think God is playing some sort of like eternal guessing game with our eternal souls when it comes to sin. And so I would say at least have a consistent line of rational logic. So in the same way as like, can I can I justify, um, you know, taking a pain, a pharmaceutical pain reliever? that may impair my, my vision or dizziness or like what it says that comes with uh, a warning label, not to operate. Do cars. not drive. Yeah. Don't drive because it's going to make you as impaired, AKA not as sober minded, right. As like being legally drunk. And so it's like, okay, um, if I can justify doing that because it's a medical necessity, if I can justify, uh, my morning cup of coffee, my caffeine that I need, or my, you know, uh, my, my medication for ADHD, then like, can I, I just want to make sure that we're, we're consistent with these things and saying it's okay to say, okay, well, that's not wise or in this context, this is probably stupid. Um, but I don't know that you can point it out as if it is some sort of big spiritual boogeyman. Well, and you, you just mentioned the medical side of things. And I think back to when my mom was sick with lung cancer, like she was in a ton of pain. And she was, she was doped up on all sorts of payments. My mom was, was addicted to opioid pain medication for the last 10 or 12 years of her life. Probably totally changed her personality, stripped her away from the mom that I grew up with to a totally different person. And I wonder how my last 12 years with my mom would have been if she could have been on a product that was with THC and not an opioid pain medication. And my, I just think about the idea of if we're okay with these pharmaceutical ideas, these pharmaceutical drugs, 
from a Christian perspective, if we're okay taking those medications and cannabis is legal in your state and mm-hmm. your motivation is pain relief, I have a hard time saying that using THC products or cannabis is sinful. And I'm willing to listen to someone who has an opposing view or an opposing thought on that, but I just don't see the logic jump between, hey, Oxycontin is okay. You can take that because a doctor prescribed it, but you can't do this because for the last 200 years, we've said it's a drug and it's not okay. Yeah. And I I think, I think the important caveat to what you said, which I think you mean, this is like, you have a hard time saying that, that it's a sin for everybody all time forever. You know, like saying like, it's this on the same level as murder, murder, you know, premeditated murder with no other justification, sin, plain out like just is right. So like, it's hard to do that um, and just label the entire conversation as sin. But that's what I'm saying. Again, it is not, it's not the thing that makes it a sin as much as it is our context, our use and the relation to the individual that makes it a sin because the sober mindedness of the whole thing is that's, that's part of the conversation is like, uh, you know, you watch one of those documentaries on like Andre, the giant dude put down, I don't know, 18, 24, 36 beers wouldn't get drunk. Would you say that that's different? Right. You know? So like my man could, could just down 36 beers. Whereas if I get like, you know, three, four, I start getting a little like, oof, man, I probably shouldn't do this anymore. You know? So those, (laughs) that's the, that's a big difference. So I I think that we have to look at it that way, especially the legal piece. Um, I, I think the other part is what, what we have to point out is, Uh, I appreciate you saying like, oh, I'm naive to this because there's a lot of Christian leaders that speak out against things that they themselves are not well-educated on. And so, um, you know, I don't know how close we want to get to some of the other political things of like, it's like, oh, this particular thing is bad. You you want to get close to it. I know I want to get really close to it. Although when I say what it is, getting close to it sounds a little weird too, but like, you know, (laughs) justifying justifying banning certain types of we'll just say dress up type of performances because we think that they're going to negatively impact everyone in society when you have like no idea what it actually is like ah right like you may be right in certain cases but when you're naive to the subject it's hard to be talking about it in the same way as like i i always had a problem with uh with youth guy um who would give marriage talks or would give relationship talks and not being married you know, and it's like, okay, it's tough. It's the same thing as like giving a parenting talk and not, and never have had, had kids. I don't think that you always 100% need to experience a thing in order to be able to speak on the thing. But at the same time, um, you, there should be a little more humility and a little bit more temperate conversation. Cause let's say I like, I, uh, I'm a boy dad, don't have any girls. Right. But if I were to talk about raising kids, I'm at least going to acknowledge that, Hey, raising a daughter might be a little different or raising a kid in the South might be a little different or raising a kid over here might be a little different. Like at least have that acknowledgement of like, I may not know everything on this topic. So exactly the way that you're bringing it to the conversation of, of drugs and and saying, Hey, I may not know everything on this topic because I have not experienced these things. Here's what I can see from my perspective, but I am allowing room for, for wiggle room here for maybe something that I don't see. Yeah. I am open to, some of you seeing this or hearing this and 
telling me I'm wrong. So feel free to reach out at Jonathan underscore Caron on all the platforms. Uh, hello at unlearningyouthgroup.com. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, I will listen. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of this, uh, similar to where we landed with the alcohol episode, I think a lot of it comes down to your motivations. The legal the legality of it, let's set that aside. Let's assume it's legal where you are. Your motivations come into play. Are you using this thing to escape the world and get high? I can't say that's okay. Just like we said that using alcohol to escape is not right either. Are you using the product to take the edge off in a way similar to a beer or a cocktail? If it's legal, I don't see much different. Are you over-consuming in a way that's not, that's obviously not sober-minded? Not okay. That's sinful. But I think we have to live in the tension between not having a hard, fast answer on this and then on one side using biblical principles on the other side to inform our decision-making. So we're living in a time where things are transitioning quickly and our parents' generation that taught us they their their entire theology of cannabis was under the assumption that it was illegal. So now that the medical community has said, "Hey, there are actual benefits to this," now that the um, I will say the law enforcement community has said, "Hey, like making this illegal in the way we have actually doesn't work the way we thought it did," like. Those are that those communities are, are giving us new information to change the laws. And with it being a with the laws changing, we have to look at this from a different perspective than we have the last 30 years. Yeah, I mean, up until let's think about it this way. Uh, my probably my grandparents and maybe like some of my older aunt, uh, aunt and uncles. Right. Uh, no, just my grandparents. Uh, like you would go down to the drugstore and get a Coke. And it would literally have cocaine in it, right? Before 1914, cocaine was a legal substance. And so I, I don't think it's any, any like, it's not without the realm of possibility that one day, even something as what we think of as innocuous and like typical as caffeine, they might come out and go like, what are we talking about? And, and in a hundred years, right? So like cocaine was outlawed in 1940. 14, I think we'll have to have uh, our research assistant check that out for us and put it in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's, you know, a hundred, what are we, 109 years later? So 109 years from now, uh, somebody might look at caffeine and go, are you kidding me? Can you believe that people were just or alcohol this thing? Yeah. Or alcohol, or I mean, name, name your thing. Think about it. Asbestos or lead pipes. Like they had no idea, no idea. Those things were bad. So at what point is it like there's a line where you can now be revisionist history and go every single person? Because if you say that, if you say that like illegal drugs, while illegal now or we're not legal, you know, or whatever, like if that's a, if the thing is a sin, if the actual thing, you know, consuming the thing is a sin, no matter what, then you're going back and you're saying everyone who had a Coca-Cola before 1912, <laughs> hell, in hell, sin, in hell. It's like, no, you wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? And so it's the same, same type of situation here where you have to acknowledge context and you have to acknowledge some of these pieces. And I think that that's where coming through it with this open mind of like, okay, we can, we can have a, a sober minded discussion about this topic. And at the end of the day, we just have to live in the tension between 
not knowing for sure and using biblical principles to hopefully inform our decision-making. Mm. Mm. I smell a transition coming. But speaking of living in the tension, that brings us to our big, giant, huge, life-altering announcement about the show. Yes. We're having Jerry Falwell Jr. and Mark <laughs> Driscoll on the show. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, can call, I can call Jerry now if you want me to. Oh, my gosh. Um, Could you imagine if one episode, we're going to have a Jerry live <laughs> episode where we're going to call him live on air, see how he reacts. Uh, he would not take my call. Anyways. Uh, the big giant life altering announcement is that this is the last ever episode of unlearning youth group. Oh no. This is the last time that we'll remember (laughs) all the times we spent together. You want me to keep going as our lives change to whatever. Let's do like if James Hetfield remixed it. Sorry. Well, I was going to say that this is the last time we'll hear high school at uh, the, end, the beginning and end of the show, but you just saying nah. that and I can't, I can't go into high school after just you singing that, vitamin C, but, vitamin C and the uh, graduation song. No, yeah. we could, we could just go with green day, you know, another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. But, but here's the thing, Eric, you're acting like we're going away. Friends of friends forever. If the Lord of like it could be anyone, any one of these songs. I just want to break the tension because I feel like oh, I feel like we're. I, yeah, no, I feel like we're we're saying goodbye to something. We are not saying it. Things are not ending; they're just changing. Mm. Because starting with season seven, which comes out May eighth, we are changing the name of the show. If you're smart, you can already tell what it is. But before we officially tell you the new name, we Mm -hmm. want to tell you why we are changing things. Yep. First reason, we realized there was some confusion around the name Unlearning Youth Group. Mm -hmm. And as marketers, Eric, we know that if you confuse, you lose. So some people thought the show was for high school kids. Some people thought it was about trashing youth group. And some Mm -hmm. people thought if they didn't go to youth group where they had a good youth group experience, the show wasn't for them, which you listen to this, you know, that's not the case. Sure. We also realized there was a negative assumption about the show's content because we led with unlearning. There were people who would never even give us a chance because they thought we were only concerned with like criticizing the church. And so Mm -hmm. we didn't want the name to be a stumbling block to keep people from who would benefit from the show away from the show. Yep. So. That's one of the reasons we're changing. And then the third reason we are changing is uh, the name actually limited what we could talk about. You, you guys have been around for a while. You know, the last couple of seasons, we've kind of branched away at times from that unlearning youth group yeah. idea. Remember in, in youth group where we learned all about politics? No, we didn't. We didn't actually <laughs> Remember in youth group where we learned about Christian nationalism? Well, we kind of some some youth groups, but anyway. Yeah. So a, a couple seasons ago, a friend of mine asked me, like, do you think there will be a point when you run out of things to unlearn from youth group? And as we, as we did the show and we planned each season, we kept feeling the tension of trying to stay true to the name and the description of the show while still talking through some of the things that we were never taught in church, but we thought that 
they, we needed to learn how to talk about them and some things. So many of those group things, they weren't youth group based, but they might be based on trends or current events that we're seeing the name. So changing the name allows us to talk about those things without being confusing or limiting our audience. So mm-hmm. Eric, yep. should we tell them the new name? Uh, man. I don't know. I mean, maybe we should let them sit in the, uh, there's a tension between wanting to tell them what it yeah. is and mm-hmm. wanting to make them wait until May 8th. I agree. Yep. Yeah. That some, some people would say that tension is good though. I mean, the ten, the tension, like we have to learn to live in the tension. That's true. Let's tell them. Here's what I'm afraid of. We just ruined the name for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we spent a lot of time like coming up with ideas and some of them were good. Some of them were terrible and we've just ruined the one good idea we had. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, whatever That's what we do, live and learn. I'll just still show up here with the microphone and say whatever. Starting May 8th, Unlearning Youth Group will be called Tension. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the new artwork for the show. The -hmm. new subtitle is how to find Jesus in a culture of extremes, because the reality of our culture is that the extremes are getting louder and pulling harder. And we believe that Jesus is found in the middle of those two extremes. We talk about living in the tension on this show all the time. uh, So that just felt like a natural progression, even though we joke about this, this episode, that idea is a natural progression of what we've already been talking about it's also very natural based on i think the way that we approach most of these topics anyway because we you yes. know our mindset is that you know they're they're it's not black and white on everything there's there's shades of gray and i think we've referenced this in, in past weeks but um you know I, I remember uh an early early catalyst talk where donald miller now marketing donald miller was just donald miller memoir guy that hung around with rick mckinley blue like jazz guy yeah blue like blue like jazz guy and he taught, he was up on stage at Catalyst and, and he was talking about the extreme, this is like 2005 and he's talking about the extreme nature. And he says like, they don't want guys like me on CNN because when they would bring up a topic and say, what do you think about insert this topic? They want me to say, you suck. No, you suck. No, you're wrong. And he said, and the truth is I would go up there and I would say, well, you know, there's, there's good points on both sides. There's, there's a lot of nuance here, depending on the context and they just don't want that. And so you know, I think that that started very early for me. I'm going, yep, that's it. And and that has been a filter ever since over the last 17, 18 years that I've looked through faith and I've looked through church and kind of the politics that go on and say, oh man, why are people getting more and more extreme and hard in their views? And so this just is a natural, uh, it's more in, in, it's aligning the name of our show with what we are already believing and doing anyway. Yep. And so the format changes a little bit where we typically do find the good and learn the bad, figure out where the heck we go from here. And the new mm-hmm. format, we're going to look at ideas on both extremes and both ends of the spectrum, and then spend most of our time talking about how we live in the tension between the two. And yep. we've actually already recorded eight uh, or six of the eight episodes for the next season. So we've been living in this tension, no pun intended for a while now. And, um, Took took some time to get there, but I'm really enjoying where we're going with it and the conversations that have come. Just so yeah. you know, what will we get? What you'll be getting in season seven? Uh, the first episode, we're talking about the tension between deconstruction and deconversion. Uh, week two, we're talking about the tension between knowledge and actions, mm. and how the church has traditionally ignored our emotions and how that plays into it. Yep. Uh, week three. 
this this is a this was one of Eric's favorites so far. Mm, the tension it. between supporting police and the advocating for justice. And ACAB. we're talking about a theology of policing and what that looks like. Fourth episode, because we can't get too far away from purity culture on this show, is the tension between <laughs> bouncing your eyes and renewing your mind. Uh, uh, that will yeah. be coming out Memorial Day weekend because it's the start of summer. And that was just a low-hanging fruit for us to go for. Low-hanging fruit. Episode, hey, this persecution. summer. Ah, this summer. Some of you going to be, uh, you guys got to cover up all your low-hanging fruits, huh? Because huh? purity culture told you to. You were thinking, man, I want to wear that bathing suit, but you thought my fruits are hanging a little too low, huh? That's purity culture, baby. And given trends now, we're talking to the guys with that, not the girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking to you, grape smugglers, banana hammocks. Yeah. Uh huh. You got a little squirrel in that uh, bathing suit trying to get out. Mm. Ah, got that moose knuckle showing, taking it for a walk. Okay, buddy. Yeah. The moose, moose knuckle shuffle. Moose knuckle shuffle. You know what I'm talking Anyways, about. Anyways, week five is the tension between persecution and coexistence and Ooh. how the church in the late 90s, early 2000s was obsessed with martyrs. Yeah. Uh, weeks, uh, what are we on now? Six. Uh, this yeah. one we recorded this morning. Processing grief versus moving on and the tension between that. Week Get seven over. is my favorite episode of the okay. season which is the tension between American individualism and yep. biblical collectivism. That one yeah. sounds nerdy, but I promise you, you want to come for it because it's going to change the way you read the Bible. So please trust me after seven seasons that I actually know what I'm talking about and I know what will be entertaining for you. So please come back nice. for that one. Okay. Yeah. I got a little, I got a little, a little heated there. I don't know there. And then <laughs> the final episode of the season is going to be talking about the tension between finding a new church and having just a personal relationship with Jesus, because what we know is that after COVID about 40% of people either don't go to church or go to a different church than they went to before COVID. So mm -hmm. that's a topic that I don't think many people talked about when it comes to that. So the details of this all, if you're subscribed on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube, nothing will change for you. You'll get the first episode on May 8th. The only thing that'll change is the name and the artwork but you shouldn't have to do anything. You'll continue getting that. If you're not subscribed, subscribe to Unlearning Youth Group right now. Once we change it over, you'll automatically get those episodes as well. Eric, before we leave them for the next couple of weeks, what do you have to say to them? What do I have to say to them? Oh my gosh, yep. was there something I was supposed to What do you want to leave them with? Hold on, wait. What would you like to leave the people with? You always have something at the end of every show to leave the people with, Eric. What are you going to leave the people with today? Well, here, first of all, uh, I think we went into it a little bit too much with the grape smuggler. So I'd like to leave with an apology. Um, I apologize <laughs> for unlearning youth group. Uh, this is in case I get canceled or, or, you know, if I'm ever in political office and somebody goes through and they're just playing clips of all of the things that I have said during this podcast, I want to apologize for any of you that I may have offended or hurt in the unlearning youth group era. I vow that either you're going to have a new and improved Eric moving forward. And, uh, you know, things are going to, th things aren't going to change. What am I saying? It's going to be the same. It's going to be the exact same. We're going to change format, new format, same lovable Eric. Okay. So you're going to get bad songs. You're going to get terrible examples. You're going to get over the top metaphors. You're going to get the times where I talk over Jonathan and don't let him talk about anything. You're going to get the time where I build the damn soapbox and then stand on it and then tell people I'm not moving all of it. You're going to get it all and more. 
All right. So if you want that, subscribe to the show. If you want to talk to Eric, he is at Eric W seven one two on all the major platforms. Mm. I am at Jonathan underscore Corone on them as well. You can email us at hello at unlearningyouthgroup.com. Or if you want the new email address, it is hello at tensionpodcast.com. But now for the last time ever, ever here is high school by nineties kids to play mm-hmm. us out. We'll see you soon.
Why'd you put Jen Hatmaker at the bottom? <laughs> you want to know why? Are you still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. Okay. I don't know if it'll go in the. Yeah, no, that's great. Okay, all right. Hey, so I need to point this out. So purity culture, we talk about it, and then there, like you have the when we're saying it, you're like, oh, because we can't get away from purity culture. Did you see that now? Because I'm going to say it's us. I'm claiming it because we have talked about surviving purity culture and purity culture. Purity. Now Jen Hatmaker has a course. She's got a like sex ed for the rest of us course and, you know, combating some of the toxic things that you learned because of purity culture. So I would say we're making a difference, Jonathan. Our impact on people is happening. Cheeky bathing suits are in, right? People aren't worrying about smuggling their grapes or hammocking their bananas anymore. Okay. Where Jen Hatmaker's making a course on purity culture. I think Jerry Falwell Jr. stepped down doing something different now. Mark Driscoll's still an asshat, but you know, what can you do? <laughs> we take the wins as we, I think we're at 80%. We're batting 800 right now. That's pretty dang good. Hey, you remember that time that I forgot <laughs> to cut something at the end of the episode? And I just kind of left it in at, and like three minutes after we stopped and people were texting us, telling us that we left stuff in. And it was kind of like mm-hmm. one of those like secret tracks from a CD in hidden the tracks. Yeah. Hidden tracks. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Hidden I track. think your I thought, maker rant should be a hidden track on this episode. <laughs> I, I thought you meant to. I thought you meant to leave it in. So I just assumed that this was a hidden track and we were going for it. No, but I think we'll do that for this one. Like there's gonna be like three minute gap between. Yeah. And then you just go. Why did you put Jen Hatmaker Jen Hat Hat in, the, in the notes? Yeah. But want, you know uh, what? Hey, if they've stayed with us this far and they're yeah. listening to this. Yeah. Should we give them a tease of the intro to the new show? I think so. I think so. Go for it. I mean, if, if they've stayed along. All right. Enjoy. See you soon. May 8th, season seven. Tension podcast. Love you. Bye. Hey everyone, welcome to the Tension Podcast, where we acknowledge that most of life and faith is lived in a tension between the two extremes. On this show, we're going to take a look at what many of us were taught growing up in evangelical churches, weigh it against what our current culture is saying, and try to find what Jesus has for us in the tension between the two. If we haven't met, my name is Jonathan Crone, and we're joined as always by our co-host, Mr. Eric Williams. Eric, go ahead and say hey to the people. 